You're listening to Leveling Up, where we'll show you how to win at the game of life and business. It's time to power up your skills through life gamification with your host, Eric Sue. Okay, everyone. Today we have Chandler Bolt, who is the CEO of Self Publishing School. So Chandler and I, we met in person finally after years and years. We met at a dinner finally. It's like, oh my God, you're Chandler. Oh my God. <laughs> Chandler is awesome. I mean, he's been helping tons and tons of people publish their books and he's actually written what, six best-selling books, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah. So book launch, your most recent title was uh, published. Is that correct? Yep. Cool. All right. So today we are going to talk about why right now is the right time to publish a book. But first and foremost, Chandler, welcome to the show. How's it going? Eric, great to be here, man. It's going great. Yeah, great to see you. Hope you're staying, you're staying safe. But yeah, I mean, I gave a little intro. What is your kind of story and how does it relate to what you do now? Yeah, so I mean, my story is C-level English student, college dropout that somehow ended up writing books and running a school <laughs> and self-publishing school and helping people write and publish books and really going from someone who hated reading, hated writing to loving both and realizing the power of books and then the power of books to change lives and both of the author and the reader. And one of the things I get super passionate about is like, you know, people always talk about how they want a mentor and how do you find a mentor? How do you get a mentor? All this stuff. But the smartest, most successful people in the world <laughs> have taken the best things that they've learned in their entire life and put it into a book. And all you have to do is pay 15 bucks and read it. And it's a $15 mentor. So kind of getting super passionate about that stuff and using books as a vehicle for impact, for income and for, for business growth and the business growth, especially. Got it. Yeah. I think um, it was Seth Godin that said books are the best deal. And then I think there's another guest we had on the podcast for Meet Safety. It's, it's like, if there's any doubt at all, you just pick it up. It's, it's 10 to $15 you're going to lose at the end of the mm-hmm. day that you have to lose, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why people have these, these yeah. big libraries at the end of the day. So can you talk to us about the business of self-publishing school? How does it work? How do you guys make money? Yeah. So self-publishing school, we're an online education company. So we're not a publisher. We're not a author services company or anything like that. We help people write and publish books in as little as 90 days. So average person takes three to nine months And so we get paid to walk them through the process. So there's the online education piece, there's coaching, we've got, you know, a ton of group coaching calls, community, all that stuff. And then what we call our outsourcers Rolodex, which is like cover designers, editors, formatters, all that stuff that we've negotiated exclusive deals with. So our goal is to save someone the cost of what they pay us just in how much they save on all those things. That's the basic vehicle. I mean, we've got other stuff, like we have a live event, Author Advantage Live and other products, but like our bread and butter is helping people write and publish books in that format. I love it. And what kind of numbers can you share on the business? Because I, I know on Facebook, you're always sharing your goals, which I want to yeah. talk about in a second. But what kind of numbers can you share on the business? Yeah. So here's the goals for April. Yeah. Numbers. I mean, we went from zero to a little over. We've done a little over 16 million, I think, in the last five years, probably closer to 17 or 18 now. We'll do about, I want to say, eight million or so this year. We've scaled and grown and we've helped thousands, like at this point, literally thousands of people write and publish books. So I think last week we had 16 books published. So we've got about two to three books published per day by our students, people all over around the world. And so that's kind of our, we've been on the Inc. 5,000 the last two years in a row, soon to be three years in a row as one of the 5,000 fastest growing private companies. And so building a remote team, scaling, all that stuff. What's the best case study you have for someone that's gone through? It's like, oh my God, they became like a bestseller. Do you have anything like that? Yeah, I mean, there's so many. One of my favorite stories is probably not what you would expect. It's actually, so we had a student that's a physical therapist that joined, wrote and published a book. And then his daughter 
was like, hey, dad, I want to write a book. Eight years old, she wrote and published a book. It it made like four grand in the first three months, which for her was unreal. She donated all that to an autism awareness charity. Her and I were on Good Morning Sacramento. Like she got on all these TV shows. And then now she has this allowance that's really her book royalty money that comes every month. And she is like started speaking at schools, like local schools and getting paid. So I think her speaking fee is up to like 400 bucks uh, and she would do like a thousand bucks from a speaking gig because selling a bunch of books. So like not the crazy business. I mean, there's plenty of those, but that's just one of the, my favorites is close to my heart. Cause it's just so cool seeing like the trajectory of her life as an eight year old. That crushes woman, our lives as like eight young years old. woman. I yeah. mean, it's yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, she's way cooler than I was at eight years old, but just like seeing the trajectory and how that can, sh- that's going to shift everything for her long-term. I think that's one of my favorite stories. I-, I love that. And I love that you picked that story. Walk us through your psychology because every single month you're sharing your goals. You're putting it out there on Facebook. Where did you get that from? Why did you start doing that? What has it done for you? Yeah. Great question. So a couple things baked in. So I have a, an accountability partner that I've had for years that we meet once a month. We, there's a spreadsheet and what were our top three to five goals for last month. And it's either green or red. <laughs> there's no, maybe there's no almost there's what it's, it's green or red. And so I started sharing that just more for public accountability. And also I just think there's not enough transparency and like what's really happening going on. Cause there's so many people who are just like beating their chest, talking about their numbers. I'm amazing. Life is amazing. There's no struggles. And so I think people have this, there's this false narrative that I'm going to become an entrepreneur and it's going to be the most amazing thing ever. My life is going to be so much easier. It's like we've kind of glamorized and popularized entrepreneurship. So my goal with that is probably twofold. Number one, to share kind of what's actually happening. But then secondly, is, and somewhat selfishly, is it's public accountability. So I've always been a fan of burn the boats. And like, so when I dropped out of school, I told everyone I moved. It was like, I almost failed at dropping out of school, which would have been super embarrassing. When I, you know, ran a business, <laughs> I told through this franchise program called Student Painters, it's like this internship. I told the CEO like day one, I'm going to be number one in the company, number one in the country. And then there was really hard times, but I would have been embarrassed to give up. Right. And so I was. And so same with this, it's like by having those goals, it holds you accountable. But then also it's crazy to me, people pitch in to help. <laughs> and they're like, oh man, I saw you missed that goal. Like, have you met so-and-so or let, have you tried this or whatever? And so it's, I think there's just so much synergy around it. And how long have you been doing it for? Oh man, probably since 2015, maybe, or maybe further back than that. I'm just wondering the goal part of me, the KPI setter, right? It's like, what percent of the time do you hit those goals? Yeah. Great question. I would say it's probably about 60, 75% chance any singular goal is completed. It's not super often that I go hundred percent on goals. Me and my accountability partner kind of added in like a hundred dollar bet per month. And we did that for a while where that just, I mean, the hundred dollars didn't matter. It's just that we're both super competitive. So that gave a little bit of extra juice to it and made it fun as well. But I'd say, yeah, probably 60, yeah. 70. I love that because I mean, those of you that have read John Doerr's book on measure what matters, right? It's yes, usually when you set good. your KPIs or your OKRs, right? Yeah. You're only supposed <laughs> to hit like 50 to 60%. Otherwise you're, yeah. you're sandbagging and you're making it too easy, right? So you're yes. exactly there. I would say you're probably overachieving a little bit too. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe so. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, okay. I mean, why is now the right time to write a book? Because like, if I think about it, I have a book coming out next year, by the way, guys, definitely check out self-publishing school. It's awesome. Not affiliated at all. There's just a lot of stuff that goes into it. People are scared. There's imposter syndrome. So why is now the right time? We're in the middle of the pandemic right now. Yeah. And very fitting with your background. <laughs> I mean, I think why, why is now the right time is because the biggest excuse we've heard for years is I don't have time. And so for the first time in a long time, it's just people talk to my team, they can just look them dead in the eyes and be like, you're lying because you do. Now, sure, there's like 20% of people who there's crazy extenuating circumstances. Maybe the kids are at home or whatever. But I think for a lot of people, you know, Isaac Newton discovered calculus and the fundamentals of gravity and quarantine. Shakespeare wrote some of his best work in quarantine. We have time to write it. And why not plant seeds for your future? A book is something, in my eyes, is something that will continue to, to bear fruit for years and years and years to come. So, so you do work once. I mean, so I have this sign of leveraged impact over my shoulder because it's, it's like you do work once that can then this vehicle or this, you got your message and you got the mechanism that is a book. And then that mechanism will live after you're off this earth and can help thousands, tens of thousands, millions of people. So take the time to plant the seeds to get it done. And then that book will live on after all this stuff is over. I love it. So I guess, how do people get started? And I guess even before that, I know you have a ton of free resources and it starts going up, right? So it'd be good to know yeah. what kind of free resources you have out there. And then what can people start to pay for to start to get better at this stuff? Yeah. So, I mean, if you Google anything about how to write, publish a book, anything, you'll probably land on without knowing it, self-publishing schools website or another property that we own that's selfpublishing.com. And there's tons of free resources. There's webinars, there's trainings, there's, we've got one of my personal favorite is something called the book outline template generator. So it's like literally you press a couple of buttons, it spits out a 25 page Google doc that you can copy clone and then type into the Google doc. It's got table of contents, chapter headers, everything. So that's pretty cool. And also giving away my book published for free right now on the site. So that's kind of the 10,000 foot view. And then it's, we have the 24 hour book outline challenge. We have the 90 day author success journal, which is, you know, kind of daily progress. Uh, and those are the the main like mid-tier resources. And then it goes up to like, just work with us to get the book done. Got it. Okay. And so people might be thinking, okay, why don't I just go through a traditional publisher? I don't even know if you can do that right now, but why self-publish? Speaking of resources, we just published a brand new post on that and a full PDF. And as a content marketing, I think I appreciate it. We already got the snippet spot. Yeah. I mean, why self-publish? So there's a few, there's three to five main things. There's royalty rate, there's control, there's distribution, there's time it takes. And there's one more that offhand I'm, I'm not remembering right now, but basically the main thought process for traditional publishing is number one distribution. That's pretty much it is you can get into bookstores and stuff like that. Now I just recorded a podcast interview on the self-publishing school podcast with Pat Flynn about how he got his self-published book in Barnes and Noble airport bookstores, stuff like that. So it's not impossible. It's just harder. But then the main argument for self-publishing is pretty much everything else. <laughs> you got full creative control, higher royalty rates. The publisher is not going to market your book for you. That's a misconception. So you're going to have to market it either way. And then it's going to take less time. So instead of two, three years, which I mean, good luck traditionally publishing a book inside of 18 months. I, have, I don't know that I've ever seen it done. And so it's going to take longer if you traditionally publish and you just keep control. And, and if you can move books, I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to make more money self-publishing. And the traditional publishing is mostly just vanity. And maybe if you're trying to hit the New York Times, which I think is a bad goal. 
because it's not controllable because it's an editorial list. You know, so a group of people decide what's on there. That's not like the USA Today bestseller list and the Wall Street Journal. Those are actual bestseller lists based on units sold. But the New York Times is not. So that's maybe distribution in New York Times are like two main things for traditional publishing. Um, but outside of that, it just really doesn't make sense. I think what I can speak to on, so the book we have coming out, we're doing a, a hybrid model. I didn't know yeah. this is possible until, until now. I, I think this mm-hmm. is basically what Pat Flynn did, right? It was basically, you have the book show up in Barnes and Nobles, but you have control over it where you can do like book funnels, like what you're doing as cool. well, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And book funnels are one of our most profitable funnels. That's something that I think a lot of people are do- just interviewed Russell Brunson. They're obviously doing that with Traffic Secrets and that's a high converting funnel. And a lot of people that I talked to in an interview, their book funnel is one of the highest converting funnels and best traffic sources for their business. So I think self-publishing and hybrid publishing are two of the best options because you get a lot of the benefits without all the crap that comes with traditionally publishing. So I think that's smart. I love it. So can you talk about what a book funnel is and then how yours works right now? For sure. So probably most people have seen it. It's a free plus shipping book funnel, right? So the book is free. You just pay shipping and handling. And the mechanics of that, the major upside is is for most people, it's a self-liquidating offer. So instead of having subscribers on your list, you have buyers on your list and it's break-even traffic. There's a couple key numbers that matter. There's your cost to acquire a customer or cost to get someone to claim a free book right? And then there's the average order value or average cart value. And then there's maybe percentage upsell on the back end. So the numbers that I've been seeing, I know Russell Brunson and them, I think he said they're about 45 to 60 bucks average order value or average cart value for traffic secrets. Good is usually anywhere from 15 to 40 bucks is like what I've seen. I mean, obviously he's the funnel guy, so they've got it pretty well optimized. (laughs) So there's usually, it's a two-step. So there's put your name, address, Second step is credit card. So then you have an abandoned cart sequence for the people who abandon cart. On the second step, there's usually below that, you know, like if you're purchasing airline ticket, it's like, hey, do you want insurance? Do you want blah, blah, blah. Same kind of deal. Order form bump is what they call it for those who aren't familiar. And so order form bump, like, hey, add this to your cart right before you check out. Then usually there's an OTO or one-time offer on the thank you page, maybe a second OTO or something on the final thank you page. And and that's it. That's the sequence. But right off the bat, you can almost break even from shipping cost on the book itself. And then obviously you have acquisition costs. How much are you spending to get someone to that point? But that's kind of the nuts and bolts. And I mean, I recommend like my buddy, Austin Nestle, he just launched one of these with his from six to seven figures book. And so it's been interesting seeing his stats, seeing Russell Brunson's stats, seeing other people's stats. Like if you're thinking about doing one, just go through people's funnels and see how they're doing it. And it's really interesting. Yeah. Funnel hack them. And by the way, I mean, you can use Russell's tool, click funnels. I mean, he basically there's book funnels in there. for. Oh yeah. That's what we use. It's very simple, very easy to set up. That's the one reason. I think that's the only thing we use click funnels for is the book (laughs) funnel page because it's just so good and easy and it works. Yeah, I love that. So I think just to recap what Chandler is saying here, look, you're spending money on ads. You know, most people are happy to probably lose money on the front end or break even. Oh, 100%. But here you yeah. break even, you, you probably even make money. And then the cool thing is for Chandler, you run this book funnel, the real money that he makes is in the back end where you have your events and things like that, right? Yes. So you're buying- oh, 100%. And it's like, it's like sending, I call it a book is a silent salesman. You know, it's spending hours with a prospect and you're not even saying a word outside of the pages of the book. So for me, it's, I want to, <laughs> I want to paint the world with copies of my book. So we give them out at like their candy at events when I go speak and stuff like yeah. that. But like 
for me, it's like, these are mechanisms, it's, it's going out. And so even if we're break even losing money, I know like a lot of times they're going to read that book months later, they might book a call with my team, sign up for self-publishing school or someone comes to their office or their house. They say, Oh, what's that? And they're like, Oh, I don't know. I haven't read it yet, but you want to write a book? Like here's the book, right? So just enabling referrals, leads, sales, all that stuff. I love that. And so, I mean, you've done a couple of six best-selling books, right? So why, you know, people might be wondering like, how does this guy, how's this guy coming up with all these like new messages all the time? Why six books? Yeah, I did. I think it was six books in three years or something like that, which I definitely do not recommend. And I haven't done what like publishes my most recent. That's my goal. And I'd say that's probably the goal. That's probably your goal with your book and should be the goal for a lot of people is like create an amazing book and then just keep pointing to that. And the best way, you know, a lot of business owners, it's like you have broken record conversations and onboarding, broken record conversations and sales conversations, stuff like that. If you're tired of talking about something, the best way to stop talking about it is to write a book on it. So that's really what it kind of what it was throughout the process. Like, hey, here's this thing that I learned about that I want to share with other people. Let's write the book. Now people can buy the book. So in the early days, it was productivity around business. And then I wrote one for charity with my brother. He plays in the Grammy nominated rock and roll band called Need to Breathe. So it's kind of like these 15 things we learned growing up that we thought were normal, but then we realized we got out in the real world and like no one knows this stuff. We're like, oh, wow. You know, that probably that feeling was like, oh, our parents actually were way better than we thought. <laughs> and no one else learned this. So it's his perspective as a musician, mine as a business guy. And then it was a couple on the writing and book publishing process. So just Got it. taking it, distilling it, and then just keep, I mean, I might update published. I actually probably will do that soon. But outside of that, I don't plan on writing a book for a while. I'm just going to keep pointing to the ones that I have and use those books to grow the business. I love it. And how long are your books typically? And I'm assuming you're writing them? Yes, for the most part. I had help on published and book launch, which was essentially we had a lot of the frameworks, PDFs, videos, stuff like that. So I got help formulating a rough draft, which this is for some people, this is what I recommend is be super involved in the outline phase and resource or even record you know, transcript stuff for the stuff that you want. In some cases, like you can have someone who's better than you at writing, write the draft, and then you get super involved in molding the draft. So you're super involved on the front end and on the back end, but the middle kind of like the heavy lifting is done by a quality writer or someone you trust. So that's what was super helpful for me with book launch and with published. And as a business owner who's scaling a company, it's like that really helps because you can't just all day, every day do that. What was your question right before that? I actually forgot the question. Too. Yeah. I was actually thinking about the I'm like, I, I got off on a tangent and didn't actually answer your question. No, I, I think um, you did answer it. You answered it right away, I think. And then I was like, okay, okay. I want to, I want to, I was like, I wonder how he does challenges. <laughs> so, yeah. That was my next question. Tell us about the challenge. How does that work? I'm, I'm assuming when you're running challenges, it might be like Russell Brunson's one funnel away challenge where you're oh, like cool. a 30 day yeah. thing. Are you doing yeah. something like that? Yeah, we do. We call it the 24 hour book outline challenge. And this is, it's go from idea to outline in 24 hours is the goal. And that's an entry point funnel for us. And actually, believe it or not, I did this TEDx talk and I talk about this methodology that's the 24-hour book outline challenge. So it's like that was the major call to action. But because the ideology fits for itself, we're able to integrate that into everything we do to sell that. So that like that's worked out really well in selling the, the 24-hour book outline challenge. But that's it's not a huge funnel for us. Honestly, the book yeah. funnel is way more profitable and converts better because it's just people instantly get it. Like, yeah. They're like, oh, physical book, you're going to send it to me for free. Okay, I'll pay shipping and handling. Like, It's just very yeah. easy, whereas we found it a little bit more difficult where people are like, 
the 24 hour book outline challenge? Does that mean I have to like stop everything for 24 hours? Does that mean, what does this mean? So they've worked decent. Dude, I'll, I'll tell you what, man. So I just went to Roland Frazier's challenge. This is the first time ever going through a challenge sequence and it's epic a, a thing? thing. Yeah. The epic thing. Are you in it? Yeah. I'm not, but I've heard about it. Yeah. Dude, it's just, and I watch every single video and then like I instantly took out my credit card at the end for the upsell and yeah. now I'm part of the next thing, right? You never know. Like yep. it's so engaging. Yeah. But anyway, I recommend people like look into challenges. I had Russell on yeah. the podcast. You did too. Just really talking about book funnels, challenges and all that. So check that out. I have a couple and, more questions. Go ahead. Hey, and just real quick on that. So I think what's interesting for me is that is basically they've reinvented summits. <laughs> so yep. we did a summit years ago and we were like one of the first people to like really do it well. And then our business doubled in one month and then everyone started doing it. And I've seen this new wave of challenges. In my opinion, it's essentially a summit. That's a good point. It's a repackage. It's a summit rebranded as a challenge. It's like a, the way that people have evolved it where there's going to be a bunch of speakers. And so I think they're super helpful and really great for, cause you basically have a Facebook group, you have some sort of consistent content, and then it leads to an upsell at the end and then the yep. recordings throughout. That's cool. That's awesome. A couple more questions. Earlier, we talked about scaling companies, operations, and systems. I guess what practical advice could you give to people around, and this is a very general question. Uh, yeah. I just want to know what pops to mind first. Scaling companies, operations stuff, what do you got for people? Yeah. I mean, so I'm super passionate about this. And this is like a, this is not a money-making thing, but it's a side fund project. I've got, uh, it's called the Seven Figure Principles Podcast and the Seven Figure Principles Show. It's just like, I'm known amongst my friends as kind of like the operator guy. I have a bunch of friends that are visionary entrepreneurs and I'm like the one weird guy that loves to talk about operations. You're, you're and the systems, integrator. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Yeah. The practical thing I would say, super simple, create a playbook for your company. Learn this from Dan Martell and a couple other people. It's like, just like you have, just like a football team has a list of plays that they use to run their team. You should have a plays, aka a playbook to run your company. And so it comes down to three things, SRT, systems, references, templates. I've got a video and a podcast interview that breaks this down, a podcast that breaks this down. But like, those are the fundamental things. And when you start documenting and systemizing the things in your business, you're going to be amazed at how much more efficient and effective your whole team gets. So that's on a bumper sticker, as Keith Cunningham would say. Cool. I love it, man. Final questions. Two final questions for me. Favorite book you'd recommend that is not yours? Who specific to what? Is there an area of that you'd like to grow business. or business? Oh man. So I've got my top five leadership books of all time. I've got my top 10 most impactful books of all time. Well, let's do I that always one. like to ask a question like, yeah, impactful. I mean, my first question always is what area are you trying to grow? Right. When people answer that question, I can, I can almost always give a really good book recommendation. General, the business, extreme ownership, Jocko Wilnick, how to win friends and influence people. Influence by Robert Cialdini, I think is the best marketing book of all time that not a lot of people talk about. And every other marketing and sales book is usually just a rehash of the fundamental principles of persuasion in that book. So those are like first three that come to mind. Cool. What's one new tool that you added in the last year that's added or made a big impact on you? Could be like an app, could be like a physical thing. Yeah, that's a great question. Hmm. One new tool. I mean, the tools that we haven't necessarily added this in the last year that run our business are Asana, Slack, Google Apps. But I'd say one specific tool would be just a Slack app integration. It's called Standuply. And it's just between me and my assistant. And it's win from yesterday. I mean, you can customize it, whatever you want. But that's just help communication rhythms. It's like win from yesterday, top three for today challenge. And we both submit it daily. So it just like really helps us be in sync on a virtual team. Well, I love that. I think I might just steal that because we do a daily standup, but I don't give it on the other side for my assistant. So it, I think the content yeah, helps. Yeah, it's helpful. Taylor, 
This has been great. What's the best way for people to find you online? Me personally, I'm not on any social media except for Facebook. <laughs> and then the main place like where what we do is self-publishing school. Self-publishing school and selfpublishing.com are the two main places. And especially um, self-publishingschool.com. That's the main place. Got tons of free resources. If you want to grab a copy of my book for free, everything lives there. Perfect. All right, Chandler, thanks so much for doing this. Eric, you're the man. Thanks for having me. You may have completed this level, but many more bosses await. If you're looking to level up in marketing or business, just go to singlegrain.com forward slash leveling dash up to get access to our individual and team training programs. That's singlegrain.com forward slash leveling dash up.